Hey guys, welcome back to the Noted Podcast. Uh, we are so excited to welcome our friend Riker back uh, from his vacation that he took in NYC. Uh, hope you had a good time. Uh, Fantastic. Yeah, uh, but we're excited to have you back. We're excited to talk basketball, specifically with uh, the NBA lottery uh, that just happened recently, as well as uh, round three and how dramatic it has been. So want to get your guys' first general thoughts on draft lottery. Um, so in our top three, we have Orlando going first, Oklahoma City Thunder going second, the Houston Rockets going third, Sacramento Kings going fourth. So, I, I mean, first of all, congratulations to the Kings uh, for being able to get such a high pick uh, without having to completely, uh, <laughs> you know, forego your season. Um, so they, they got really good luck uh, as far as the standings. So just to keep in mind, uh, the Kings were actually seventh last. So for them to get a top four spot uh, is a big deal. Uh, really unfortunate for the Pistons um, since they were oh, yeah. they they went into a situation where I mean they had the third worst record in the league and uh, they only landed on top five so got unlucky there a little bit uh, and then as we always know uh, the Knicks <laughs> getting that eleventh pick but <laughs> I I mean just general thoughts I I think. I mean, obviously, Orlando is a huge winner here. Um, they ended the season second last, so for them to get that number one spot and Houston to get the third, unfortunate for Houston. Um, but, I mean, who, who do you think wins the most out of all of this between Rockets, the Thunder, and the Magic? For me, uh, I would probably say Oklahoma City, specifically because they still – they. They acquired the 12th pick from the Clippers. They are extremely lucky that the Clippers missed the playoffs and happened to draw at number 12 as well as two. They This gives them so much wiggle room to, like, if they want to, like, toy with the idea of a trade or if they just want to get two potential, like, hits. I think they're just in a really good spot with, with those two, uh, number two and 12 picks. There's a lot of memes to be made about, you know, uh, Sam Presti and what he's done as far as the future of OKC. But, I mean, I don't think there's a better place you can be as a franchise right now because you've got, you've got dudes on your team already that uh, have a lot of potential and some that are already, already showing that potential. Um, and this draft is, is very top-heavy. I mean, first top, top 10 picks are very talented players. Um, and so to have two picks within that realm, like – it could pay off sooner than later if they if they make the right choices. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. OKC is my team as well. Yeah, I mean, like, OKC, you're guaranteed either Chet Holmgren or Jabari Smith. Like, yeah. you're literally guaranteed one of those two, and then also you have a chance to hit at number 12. Yep. Yeah. Like, that's incredible. And I, I think it goes without saying, too, like, Orlando is already ha already has, like, Mobamba as like a really big like long stretch five or four mm -hmm. um so i don't think that orlando would want to go with chet and that's exactly what oklahoma city needs right size mm -hmm. um 
And so being able to have someone like Chet who's so versatile and uh, he can score, he's athletic, and he can shoot threes as well, combining that up uh, with Josh Giddy, who's a, like a passing mastermind, and then Shaw Gilgis, like they're literally building up top picks all together where we're going to have a team with Josh Giddy, Shea Gilgis, Lou Dort, Chet Holgram, and then, you know, I, I believe projected for number 12, uh, Usman Dieng, uh, who is also a uh, international player who already has uh, international experience, and we've already seen how that has already gone for uh, Josh Giddy. Mm-hmm. So already playing pro. This is just look like, are we thinking that maybe this is the year where Oklahoma starts to try to make a push to the playoffs? Um, I don't see why not. Uh, I I think it would be sort of foolish to try and tank another year. I think with Josh Giddy, Shea, Dort, and whoever you happen to draft this year is like that's that's a lot of talent. I don't think like. I still don't think it's enough talent to make the playoffs, but I think it's enough to like try and get some cohesiveness going, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. I think this is the beauty of the playing tournament. And now that that's here to stay, uh, you know, if you get some momentum in the second half of the season, I mean, it's it's not it's possible. You know, if you if you're playing well, you just got to get top ten, right? So if they if they can make that tenth seed, great. You know, if they if they do better than that, then yeah, they're they're definitely uh, you know outperforming their expectations. But um, yeah, anything can happen for them for sure. Um, um, I I don't want to undersell Orlando though. I think that is massive that they got the one because I mean they already have like Paul Anthony, Jalen Suggs, uh, Franz Wagner. Like they have a lot of a lot of young really good talent. And the fact that they just they just get to choose whoever they want and go first is, is pretty massive. Super yeah. valuable. So yeah. I, I also want to mention um, Oklahoma City also has the the first pick of the non-lottery draft. Non-lottery, sorry. So they have the 16th pick uh, in this year's draft as well. Next mm-hmm. year, they have four first-round draft picks from the Clippers, the Nuggets, and the Wizards. And their own. Wow. Uh, so that's just 2023, 2024. They have three first round picks and three seconds. Oh my gosh. 2025. They have four first round picks. Oh and my gosh. Four second round picks. And in 2026, they have another three first round picks. One of those being from the Rockets. And, uh, so yeah, they have two first round picks from the Rockets who are not going to be a contending team in a long time, uh, within the next coming year. So, I mean, I would even say maybe this is the time where you're trying to trade for a star. So maybe a star who, you know, maybe you think about an Anthony Davis, right? Is he really happy in Los Angeles? And can Los Angeles get a lot of draft capital back if LeBron leaves? That's maybe a conversation you have in the future. Maybe you should be starting to make a little bit of a push for, um, what's his name in Chicago? Zach Levine. Oh, exactly. yeah. Unhappy in his current situation, right? There's so much. I mean, you could even think about trading with the Jazz. You know, you have, you have a lot of conversation about maybe Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert being available. And you have a ton yeah. of draft capital. Like, all I'm saying, if, if, if there's a, ever a situation where a top player in this league is unhappy 
and wants to go to a team with a lot of bright young talent because we we know it's there i mean oklahoma city has the draft capital to just be able to trade first rounders without having to give away players yeah that's what i've been saying the last couple years when after like sam presti accumulated all these first round picks is that he's not going to go through 2027 not trading all of them and just acquiring all this talent like he's already through the past couple years through trades and um draft picks i I feel like he's already acquired the majority of like a potential championship starting five you know especially with the second round pick this year i think now with all these picks that you mentioned brian he has the chance to go out and potentially get another star or just literally fill it fill up the roster with a lot of um like side talent just like you know you you need players other than stars you need role players and i think that's the big thing like first round picks are really good for getting good role players yeah i agree i you just look at like a year that they have four first rounders like they could go for any star that wants to leave, right? And so I think yeah. this is this is their chance this year to show, like, all right, this is what we're capable of. You can be the you can be the last piece to take us to the top. So I, I don't see any like major major trades happening. If they need like a role player or maybe just like a a good starter, I'm sure they could make some moves, especially depending on who they draft. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, honestly, if they can get, like, a solid wing, like a Kawhi Leonard Mm -hmm. or anything like that, like, that would be something that would be absolutely massive for them. Because when I I look at them, that's, like, the one piece I see is just an incredible small forward. Like, Lou Dort is great defensively, but I could also see him coming in as, like, that sixth or seventh man off of the bench since, like, offensively he's not, like, the best, but we know what he brings Mm -hmm. defensively. I just think that like getting in a super athletic wing, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard-esque kind of player could really take it to the top because you already have oh, that talent sure. in your backcourt. And I believe Josh Kiddie is going to be really, really, really good at being like a future Ricky Rubio type player. So, yeah, I think I think uh, Oklahoma City absolutely won uh, the crap out of this draft. Um, <laughs> but Orlando is going to look really nice too. I'm just wondering, with both of these teams, you have all this draft capital, you have all this future, but what what is going to bring it all together? You know, like, what's going to be that glue? Because none of these players that I see, save it be for, like, you know, Shea Gilgis, I can really see as being, like, a, a top 25 player right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I feel mm-hmm. like advantage would go more to Oklahoma City, just because they have that, like, potential star. But... Who yeah. knows? Like maybe someone could break out this season. I mean, Franz, Franz Wagner had like a huge like resurgence, uh, just having like a really rough start to the year and like finishing it strong. You could say the same about Cade. Um, but yeah, this is a really good draft uh, to be a part of, and for Oklahoma City to have multiple picks in, so definitely would give advantage to them. Um, unfortunate for Houston <laughs> to not be able to. Get the, the top can, pick, yeah. but I mean, you, you still get a really top quality player. Uh, looks like the, mm-hmm. I believe they were going for Paulo uh, Banchero from Duke uh, as a power forward. So they're going to have front court with uh, Christian Wood and Paulo. So 
we'll see. Maybe Sacramento can do something this uh, year. I doubt it. We can hope. Also, a, a, a sneaky good like pick Indiana got sixth. Also already oh, yeah. I race Halliburton. That's low-key really nice for them. Mm. True. Very true. Very good. Um, also unfortunate for Portland. <laughs> yeah, that <Yes>. too. <laughs> um, man, free free Dame, please. Free Dame. <laughs> please. I mean, you can bring him to the Jazz. Like, I'd be fine. Yeah, with him, cool. You know what I mean? But yeah. I, I understand. I just want him to be happy and to be gone from that godforsaken organization. Um <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, trust me, Portland. Like I'm not a Portland hater. I always want Portland to do well, but man, it sometimes when you see the decisions that the front office makes, I can feel your pain as a fan, and I can feel the pain for Dame, who's so loyal and wants to do so much, and he's just given nothing in return. Uh, by the it's just from one sad franchise to another sad franchise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, we understand. Uh, anyway, so that's that's the draft lottery. Let's jump into round three. And uh, I guess first thoughts uh, from these first couple of games that we've been able to see. Mavs, uh, Warriors, let's start with them. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very surprised at how well Golden State's been playing. Uh, or is it a way that, that Dallas hasn't been playing? It's hard to tell. I, I really thought that the Mavericks would take game two, personally. But, uh, you know... Warriors came in, were really gritty, played a played a, a tight game. So I'm uh that's that's my big shock. I, I thought I thought that the Mavericks would would kind of have a little more dominance within this series, but Warriors are surprising me. Yeah, yeah, I'm in the same boat. I, that game too, I was shocked that uh, uh, Golden State brought it back. I was uh, texting my cousin, who's a Golden State fan, talking trash that first half just because I thought it was funny, <laughs> and then they and then. Mavericks absolutely sold. Um, oh yeah, but yeah, it's it's interesting because I think before the postseason, if every every single uh, NBA fan probably thought, oh yeah, the Suns are the toughest team, but Mavericks are having the hardest time against Golden State, and I think that's partly because of you know the it's kind of a trope, but it's kind of true the whole like sixteen game or yeah sixteen game player versus eighty two game player thing, where I, th I feel like Warriors are just a better built team for the playoffs as opposed yeah. to the regular season. And well, their vets have done of, it before. Yeah, and uh, yeah, exactly. And they've been there. Like, this is nothing new for them. Whereas the Mavericks, this is uncharted territory. Yeah. Uh, I also want to give a huge shout out um, to Kevon Looney. Uh, had the, the game of his life game two. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this is just one of those situations, and like, I do want to keep in mind with the Mavericks situation, Luka Doncic has not been at 100%. Um, he came on no. came on with a sickness right after game one, uh, non-COVID related. And then in game two, uh, had a lot of issues with his shoulder uh, throughout the entire time. Like he has been playing hurt and he's not playing at 100%. Uh, and he still dropped 42. You know what I mean? Like it's it's been a tough game for everybody. It, he is at a minus... Uh, he was at a minus 12 for like game two, but I think that was just like a huge mental collapse uh, from the Mavericks. Um, but I mean, you're, you're seeing like Spencer Dimwitty score four, Maxi Kevler, three points. Um, and then uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, 10 points. I mean, the, the things that we saw 
against the Suns and the Jazz that the Mavericks did well is when when those three players are scoring double digit points, they win games, right? Because yeah. we know we know what everybody else is capable of, but right now with the Warriors, you can't afford Kevon Looney to score more than like ten points. <laughs> first first and foremost. Uh and then we we just see like people like Jordan Poole um you know scoring so much almost becoming like a new Clay Thompson, which how the hell did they get another one? <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Now I, I don't think I don't think for the Warriors that this is sustainable. I don't think that the Mavericks play this bad. I think it's pretty funny that when uh Lucas said they get uh, comfortable when they're like up or something like I, I forgot what the exact quote is. They talk when they're winning or something like that. Yeah, when they're up or something like that. Yeah. He did the same thing game two. <laughs> um, True. But I, I want to say, and I know this is like probably a little controversial, but I love Luka Doncic for his mentality because I truly believe that he believes that he's like the best in the world. And he's arrogant and cocky because it's almost like the whole like European like soccer player mentality where it's like you just don't care because you're it's I almost see a little bit of Kobe in him with how much trash he just talks all the time. Now he flops a lot, right? Which is a uh, completely different <laughs> than Kobe, but uh it's an, it's really it's really refreshing to see a player with this kind of mentality come back from the league because I feel like everybody's trying to be all like respectful or like uh you know politically correct all the time. Well, Luka Doncic comes in breaking the mold and it's just like a totally like he's a dog. You know what I mean? So yeah, I I am excited to see things uh, of Luka Doncic and that nature. I'll always love him because he played for Real Madrid when he was in Europe. Um, obviously there's the things that everybody dislikes about him but it's really refreshing to have someone like him in the league and he is going to be one of the best players you know moving forward in the future so i'm excited to see that i still think this is a game six or seven to be honest with you even though the warriors are up 2-0 keep in mind that this is this is in san francisco as well okay right this this, the series doesn't start until someone wins an away game so i think mavericks are absolutely going to be taking these next two that's my opinion I don't, Hard to I don't argue disagree. with that. Uh, I think I think there's a high chance for that. Um, yeah, it just it just all depends on uh, like uh, Carson was saying, if these guys are built to go on that type of run. But uh, I know the mentality's there. It's just got to see if they can actually do it. Yeah, it's there. We've seen it. We've seen this time in and time again. You know what I mean? Like it's the same thing that happened with the Suns. And when Game Seven came and all the pressure was on the Suns, they crumbled. I feel like the Mavericks are a team that was built to surprise people and it is hard to play in Dallas. So they got a great fan base over there. Probably one of my favorite fan bases that I've seen. Uh, just people absolutely love it. So really excited about that. Um, now let's jump over to the Celtics and the heat. Are you guys surprised at all with what you've been seeing or has it been along Man. the lines of what you expected? All playoffs long, Heat have just made me eat my words, man. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say it. They're, they've been the team that that has made me look like the worst like basketball fan of all time. <laughs> I, can't, I I thought Philly would beat them. I thought 
I mean, I knew they would win the first round, but I thought they would, you know, the Celtics, that was a really hard matchup for them, but wow, they've really played well, and you gotta, you know, give them lots of props. And that's a funny part, is honestly, in the last game, they didn't play great. Like, it wasn't the greatest mm-hmm. game they played, that was honestly one of their worst, but they just, oh man, they, they finally got that mentality that we've all been waiting for, and I think it's something that, like, they added their pieces this offseason, and I've, I've had faith in them this whole time. Like, I always knew they were going to be close to the top of the East. Uh, with how hot Celtics have been, I kind of was, like, a little unsure about it, but, man, Bam, PJ, Jimmy, they're all just, they're, they're tough players. They, they've, they've got that mental, they've got that championship mentality. I'm not saying that the Celtics are out, but that game three, like, told me all I needed to know about the Heat. Like, such a big game for them. Yeah. I also want to, so I think game one was very deceptive, uh, just in the way, like, Marcus Smart and Paul Horford did not play game one, right? Yeah. Not a really good sample size to be able to see. You look at game two, a fully strong Celtics team, we know what happened, right? Game three, the part that I thought was really interesting, Jason Tatum had a horrible game. And when Jason Tatum has a horrible game, Celtics struggle. I think it was really impressive to me to see the way that Jalen Brown performed towards the end uh, when uh, Jason Tatum went down. <laughs> it was also funny to see like Marcus Smart and Jason Tatum make these like miraculous comebacks where they were like, ah, you know, you're like, <laughs> screaming in pain. And then they're like, oh, we're back. Everything's okay. Um, so that, that was really funny. The, I think the part that impressed me the most, Jimmy Butler goes down. Tyler Hero has a bad game, and the Heat still pull this one away. And Ben Adebayo deserves all the credit. That three, that yeah. dagger three at the end, oh my god. That, that is a team. That is a playoff team. And I mean, we've always known this from the Heat. They're gritty, right? But my question is, let, let's talk about Jimmy Butler, right? Is this knee going to be a problem in the future? He couldn't play the rest of the game. Uh, it was right. due to like knee inflammation issues. We haven't gotten a confirmation about what this is going to look like for the rest of the season. This has huge implications because Bam Adebayo is not going to have another one of these kind of games. I don't think so. Tyler Hero will usually play better than he did. Uh, I mean, the entire team just didn't do great. Um, but it's it's hard when you have so many offensive weapons. Not to mention that uh, I don't know. There's like uh, Robert Will. Is that his name? Robert Williams. Yeah. Um, did not play game three either. No. Um, and then you had uh, a bad Jason Tatum game, and then Marcus Smart uh, kind of had the whole issues with his ankle because he actually sprained his ankle and he just yeah. kept playing on it. Uh, which right. I I also want to give huge love out to Marcus Smart because he's that kind of player. You know what I mean? That's a player that you just love to have on your team is Marcus. I wish he stopped flopping as much, but <laughs> you get what Same. you get what you can get. Yeah. Um, I don't know guys. What, what do you think about this series? Like how is this going to end up? We're almost halfway there. I, uh, maybe this is a bad thing to say, given that the heat have keep proving me wrong. But I still think the Celtics win. I, 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 I agree. I think that's a really, like, the Jimmy Butler knee is a really bad omen. I I basically think they have no shot winning if Jimmy Butler doesn't play. Because he's by far their best player. Like, yeah. there's no doubt about it. He's He's been one of the top five player, players in this postseason. Like, that is as big of a blow as 
any team could have. Uh, I mean, if, say, and if he's not healthy, like I would even say he's the but, best player in the in the postseason right now. I mean, there's an argument there, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, he's been really damn good. And if he's not healthy, like that's that's basically wraps. Yeah, and I I'm not discounting that because I agree. I think their their chances of winning the series if Jimmy doesn't play is low. Um, I don't think he misses though. I think yeah. they sat him the rest of that game just because they didn't want to risk anything. They probably needed more time to look at that knee, and they just didn't want to make things worse just they in case won. things were that situation. Now that it's just inflammation, there's things that they can do to aid that. He won't be 100%, but I don't think he, I don't think he misses a game. Yeah. And even, even an injured Jimmy Butler, I, he, the way he's been playing this playoffs, like, I think he still outshines what people have been expecting of him. So I, I think the Heat win it. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. A game seven is definitely something that I expect. But, uh, yep. man, I just I, – I see the Heat winning this one. Just that game three was so telling to me. I, I, I agree that Jimmy Butler would probably play and that I would put money that it goes to a game seven. But I think the Celtics edge him out. A little bit. Fair enough. So we got the tiebreaker, huh? <laughs> I I have no idea. Like, I, <laughs> I really want to say the Celtics because just the storyline of the season, right? Like, I I just want them to win so mad, so badly, and I want people to respect, you know, Jason Tatum. But in the same like way, like Jimmy Butler, I feel like is one of those players that everybody acknowledges him as like an incredible player, but I don't think anybody like looks at him as like a top five. Right. Which he probably should be now. He should. And and I mean, how many times do we have to get proven by Jimmy Butler that he is, is? you know what I mean? Like exactly. It's so, it is so tough. And like, I feel like last season was such a hard thing to really judge them by because they had injuries and COVID the entirety of last season even though they got oh yeah swept by the bucks which that was really unlucky for them to get matched up with them at the end but i feel like now this is like fully healthy team resurging coming back adding pj tucker i mean i feel out of my gut my gut is telling me the heat heat and seven but i really want the celtics to win so I I think I'll have to side with uh with Riker on this one. Mm-hmm. I just think sometimes you gotta do it. Sometimes you gotta <laughs> mentally and I the reason I think the one thing that's like disqualifies the Celtics for me is like I don't know if mentally they can be that sixteen win team right now. Yeah. Fair. I think it's a possibility that they do like big surprises and stuff like that, but on paper I feel like it would make a lot more sense for Miami and that does depend on Jimmy Butler's health. Right, because I know Jason Tatum is gonna try to prove everybody wrong, and that's why it's gonna go to a game seven. Uh, but I just don't think, I don't think that the Heat mentally flop, and the Heat are fully healthy when the Bucks weren't. So, right, that's my piece on it. Fair. But this this is exciting, and I'm really glad that we have these specific matchups. Um, you know, going in here in the end. Everybody thought the Bucks and the Suns would be there to, you know, try to refight it for a rematch. But it is really exciting to see that these teams who have been doubted, who haven't been believed in, 
are in the position that they're in because I believe all four of them could qualify for that, right? Even in the Western yeah. Conference, when was the last time we've we've seen that it was a third and a fourth seed? Yeah, uh, in the Western it's been Conference a long championship, time. it's been a long time. True. And even even with Miami and Celtics being the top two seeds, I mean, it was within like one game. Uh, each one of these five, like the Bucks, just as easily could have been the first seed, and you could say the same um, about Philly. You know what I mean? It was so close. Right. I, I I find it really hard to really give them the credit as like a one and two seed, just because of how close it is. But it is really cool to see these four teams really want to prove something to the world of who they are. Um, now with these picks that you guys have made, who wins the whole thing? If you could, if you could put money on it right now, who, who's your Golden shot? State. Who's your picking? <laughs> Golden State. That's mine. I think they just have the best. Uh, that's hard. Oh, uh, Celtics. I don't. I'm, I'm uh, Golden State. I'll just stay Golden State. They say Golden I think State they win too. It. I think Golden State wins based off of their their guys. They've got three. Well, they got their they got their big three. You know, they, they're all there. They're all playing well. Uh, I'm not trying to discount Mavericks. I, I do think that they will play well before that series is up. But I think if the, if the Warriors beat the Mavericks, that they're the team to beat as far as the finals go. I think if the Warriors end up going against the Celtics in the finals, that could have some implications because the Celtics perimeter defense is second to none, which could pose a big threat to some of those players. Uh, if they go against Miami, then that's where matchups are a little bit more favorable because since Miami's a little bit larger. Um, but, I mean, Bam Adebayo would be eating up Kevon Looney for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So, <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's a, I'm, I'm going to say the Heat. I can see the Heat winning this whole thing. I think this is J- Jimmy Butler's tired. He's tired of losing. He's tired of not winning a chip. I think is I think this is Miami's year to do it. So that's that's my that's my prediction right now. A bad here. choice. It's my yep. second choice. We'll we'll see we'll see what happens though. I think the Heat. Uh, man, this is it's hard to call. How how long has it yeah. been since we've really been in a situation where it's been this hard to call about who's going to be making it through? I can't remember. It's been Me a neither. long time. It's been a long time. It's a very long time. Super teams aren't as super as they used to be. Yeah, and, that's true. And to see even the Warriors be able to perform this well without like a Kevin Durant kind of player and Clay Thompson at like 50% is super cool. Super cool. Not to mention that they they got young players. They're a young team. Like on average, they are a very young team, different than all the role players that they used to have, like where they had Zaza, Sean Livingston, you know, as kind of all players. Of yeah. But then... Now you have more like the Kevon Looney's, the Damian Lee's. Uh, hopefully, you know, after this series, Gary Payton can come back uh, and play in the finals. I mean, we haven't even talked about that. Like, I could see that yeah. guy stifling Tyler Hero, stifling like a, a Jalen Brown, maybe even Jason Tatum. So, exciting time. But guys, that is going to be it for this episode today. Thank you so much for hearing back. We're so happy to have Riker back. And if... I mean, even uh, Carson and I were talking about it last week. We just didn't really feel right without you here. So it's good to have you back. <laughs> good to be um, back. But we will see you guys next week. And uh, maybe by then, we'll even have someone decided of who's going to be in the finals. So 
We'll see the implications, but I hope you guys have a good rest of your day.